0: you in Jesus name. Jesus teaches God's way of mercy. His mercy is lavish and generous. It is also practical and ethical. With his mercy, God invites us to see things as he does. Listening to the news or sharing a conversation, we pray for God's mercy to be our way of understanding and being in God's spirit. And so we celebrate and worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Psalm 25. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love for they are from of old. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. In Jesus' parable about a fig tree without fruit, the vine dresser decides to put off cutting it down, providing time for it to bear figs the following year. We confess that we have not been patient in our mercy toward others, we have not been trusting and waiting for God. As your Holy Spirit creates faith in our hearts, forgive us and give us new opportunities to grow. Have patience with us, gracious, merciful Lord. And God speaks peace to his people for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. As a servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen the lord be with you as we pray O good and loving father whose glory it is always to have compassion we pray with humility for your gracious mercy For us and for all the world, we thank you for your mercy and love through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We turn to God's word in this season of Lent. We turn first to the prophet Ezekiel chapter 33, beginning at verse seven. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die and you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways, That wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But do not warn the wicked person to turn from their ways, and do not do so. They will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. Son of man, say to the Israelites, this is what you are saying. Our offenses and sins weigh us down, and we are wasting away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, people of Israel. And yet the people say, the way of the Lord is not just but it is their way that is not just. If a righteous person turns from their righteousness and does evil, they will die for it. And if a wicked person turns away from their wickedness and does what is just and right, they will live by doing so. And yet you Israelites say, the way of the Lord is not just, but I will judge. Each of you according to your own ways. This is the way of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle lesson is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. Paul writes For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And now, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happen to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overcome or overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he'll provide a way out so that you can endure it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter, beginning at verse 1. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for the fruit on it, but he did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the caretaker replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are certainly different ways of doing things. There are countless ways to cook a chicken, and there are different ways to wash dishes. So, too, there are different ways of thinking and feeling. Old habits are hard to change. Um, if you have done something the same way for years, it can be hard to change. Patterns that we know have a certain comfort, don't they? There's an ease to them. and we find something that works, we tend to stick with it. Um, life is challenging enough. So, Ezekiel the prophet was not a very popular man when he asked the people of God to consider a new and different way. You people say the way of the Lord is not just, Ezekiel said, but it is your way that is not just. Well, challenging words from Ezekiel. And now 500 years later, here was Jesus. And Jesus certainly had uh, some challenging things to say, but Jesus also could speak about mercy and love. So now some people were getting curious. What would Jesus tell them about the feelings and powerful emotions they felt when they heard about events that had broken the rhythm of routine life in peaceful Galilee? You and I live in a time when the news can be extremely vivid and almost too graphically real. Back in this ancient time though, I imagine news passed mostly by word of mouth and details could be quite hazy. I imagine it left a lot of room to wonder what actually happened and why did that happen? So they wanted to know what Jesus would think. As best we know, some people had met for worship in a small town in Galilee, and for some reason, Roman soldiers had burst in and killed them all with their swords. Questions swirled. What had they done wrong? Had they broken some minor regulation that Rome had imposed? One question led to another. Did this happen as some kind of punishment for sin? What would Jesus say? Today, you and I might watch the news or read the paper and we wonder the same. What would our God say about this? When it does not make any sense anymore, we take up the prayer of Psalm 25. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. Remember your great mercy and love, for they have always been your way. So, Jesus, They asked, what do you think? Jesus could see what kind of habits and patterns of mind they had been using to try to make sense of the broken world and still believe in the good righteousness of God. Today, they had imagined almighty God in his heaven, keeping some kind of cosmic scorecard. And Jesus says in one word, no, that is not God's way. The angels of heaven do not sit in front of calculators churning out numbers until finally a tipping point is reached. No, Jesus says, God's way is one of mercy. Jesus knows, that we who live in a broken world will always feel its weight. We will always see fault in ourselves. We will see fault in people we know well, in people we do not know at all. We can see fault in everything because, well, everything is broken. But instead, Jesus, invites us to the way of God's mercy. The prayer of Psalm 25 sets out for us this way of God's mercy. Merciful God, do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. God guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. May it be so. That's a great prayer because clearly there is a lot of sin God could remember if he wants to. The destructive habits of our minds, oh, they include being judgmental, having the sheer arrogance of assuming we would know what another person deserves. And then we can be quick tempered, we can be self-centered and sin can just kind of eat away at us from the inside. God knows that we can be ruined by the weight of our own guilt and shame. And Jesus wants to offer us a different way. A different way of thinking, a different way of habit in mind and emotion. And Jesus shares this in a very simple story. He starts, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. Fig trees are one of the oldest cultivated crops known to man. They can grow in dry soil, and once they are rooted, they can grow in stature with good solid trunks and deep roots, and they can bear fruit for years. So, this man surely had such expectations. He wanted to see his fig tree grow and bear fruit. He said to the caretaker of his vineyard, I'm frustrated for three years now. I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? It's just a story, but Jesus is describing something much greater than just a dilemma in a garden. Jesus is lifting the curtain. He's letting us look into heaven itself. He's letting us into the mind and heart of Almighty God. Deciding what he will do with his broken world. Will the creator of all things destroy his fruitless world and start anew? Will he be detached and indifferent to its fate? Will he stick with his agendas, deadlines, and ultimatums? Will almighty God send his angels to crack open the earth, to swallow up the broken and sinful? In Jesus' little story, the powerful landowner and the caretaker of the vineyard stand over the little fig tree that is struggling. And the caretaker makes a suggestion. Sir, leave it alone for one more year and I will dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Has Jesus put into earthly terms the most eternal of heavenly conversations? Is the caretaker of the garden in Jesus' story, Jesus himself? Is this some storybook version of the conversation between Jesus and his heavenly Father? Is this Jesus saying, Father, let me put my hands into the soil of the earth and raise up the life that you would love to see here? Well, prayers are very powerful. And this is the most powerful of prayers. Spoken for us before the Father by Jesus, the Son of the living God. He calls for the patience of God. He asks him to remember his way of mercy. And with this story, Jesus is inviting us to see the way of God's mercy. To walk in this way, to walk in this way of God's mercy is to have imagination and to have hope. Like the caretaker of the vineyard, we see the potential. Rather than seeing the fault in this tender little growing thing, we look at ourselves and we look at people close to us and our fellow man, with mercy. Coming to this place where we are, where we are trying to grow and live right here, right now, Jesus puts his hands into the soil and he touches the roots that so need his nourishment. All the spirit of heaven is cheering us on, watching this little fig tree try to grow. What magic does the caretaker of the vineyard have? In the way of God's mercy, he will give everything for this little fig tree. Jesus will sacrifice himself for us. He will be buried in this same soil. He will rise and his new light will waken us to new life. So Jesus offers this story to people who are just trying to make sense of the news they have heard. And in response, twice, Jesus says to them, repent or you will perish. He's telling us that those who will be humble before God will find his way of mercy. Prayers are powerful. We pray for the way of God's mercy with the words of Psalm 25. Show me your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my savior. My hope is in you. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and your love for they are eternal. May you be so blessed in Jesus' name. We pray, good Father, we thank you, we praise you, we worship you. That you would bless us in the way of your mercy. May this way of mercy be the way that we would choose to walk. In hope and faith and trust. May we be so blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to share with me the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. And we worship God with our offering. I invite you to send your offering to our church by mail. Thank you. Bless you. Together we pray, good and loving Father. We pray in thanks for your many mercies to each of us. Some of your mercies we know well, and some we may not know at all. As we receive your lavish grace, may we be filled with a joyful heart. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Bless us with your wisdom and spirit, that we may desire the things that are pleasing to you, gracious God, and that we may strive for what is right in your sight. Let us pray to the Lord, and Lord have mercy, that you, faithful God, may show mercy to all in need Relieve the suffering, give peace to the dying, and be with all those who especially need your care today. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy that we may be forgiving people, always ready to be graceful to others. Show us those in need around us and inspire us to be merciful. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may always be thankful to you, Lord God, for all of your blessings. That we may worship and glorify you with the way we live our lives, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. And into your hands, O oh Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ. And Lord, have mercy and grant us your grace always. Amen. Father, we thank you that Jesus taught us to pray. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, throughout our days of pilgrimage, guide us on our way, that we may be led by the clear light of your Spirit through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O Lord, fill us with new strength that we may glorify you. Give us joy in your care and wisdom in your direction. Send us forth this day with your blessing and bless us in your peace. For Jesus' sake, amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you.